Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. And thank you so much for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker, Scott Kirshner, and Chaz Price. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. That's 419-794-3030, online, ARHQ.com. My name is Chris Swan. Today on the show, how much retirement planning is luck versus skill? Have you heard of the Social Security stealth tax and the widower's penalty and the top three retirement mistakes? All this and more. But first, got to say hello to the guys. And, and Scott, welcome back. It's been a while since, uh, since you've been on the show. No, it's good to be back. Actually, I like sitting here with the guys, and then we have a lot of fun uh, bouncing different topics off of each other. But uh, things are going to be really ramping up for me here coming uh, October 15th for the annual enrollment period. Yeah, good to be back, too. Good to be on the show with you guys. And um, had a great weekend. I spent a little bit of time in Cincinnati in the Hyde Park area doing a little bit of reconnaissance for our Social Security Medicare event coming up September mm-hmm. 21st. We're going to be hosting that. So if you're in the area, come check us out. But we're going to be at the Cincinnati Sports Club. Um, also had some dinner with some friends at the Montgomery Inn. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to they're, they're known for their ribs. I'm trying to lay off the pork and the beef, but I was not successful this weekend, but I would highly recommend it. Well, when you're at Montgomery Inn, you definitely got to try that for sure. Uh, I also had a great weekend. We did a golf outing last Saturday for Elks, and it was a benefit uh, a gentleman who's battering pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, I got to go watch uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Stone. He is the professional golf instructor over at Belmont. He qualified to play in uh, the senior PGA. He was at the Ally Challenge. So his uh, last day, he got partnered up. I went over on Sunday, got partnered up with John Daly. So Sweet. I got to follow them around all day. And, and a drink, uh, maybe? Or? It was a great, <laughs> a stogie? great day out there. He uh, did, did uh, uh, John Daly have a good time out on the golf course. Yeah, know? he would, you know, that would be worth uh, the price of admission just to hang out and walk around seeing that guy. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, and I, I got to give uh, a big thank you to the Ally Challenge uh, for putting it together. Uh, because of being a veteran, they actually allowed me to come in and uh, they allowed my son to come in, so we got to walk around uh, as a veteran. They thanked us, and they had a, a veteran lounge. We were able to get some pop and water and chips, and it's good to see that uh, a lot of great businesses and uh, great organizations are still supporting our veterans like uh, we love to support our veterans here at America's Retirement Headquarters. You know, guys, before we get rolling in the show, I know uh, we got our first topic coming up. I want to throw something out there to a lot of listeners, especially in the Northwest Ohio area. Uh, it's actually a statewide issue, but, um, uh, you know, really focusing in Northwest Ohio. So a lot of people out there that have Medicare insurance plans through Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, I know a lot of people in this area, they're the largest single writer in the state of Ohio. Uh, there have been some letters sent out, and I just want to try to kind of put a little minded ease here. Right now, the Mercy Health Network, the Mercy Health Partners, they are currently under negotiation. They're renegotiating a contract with Anthem. Uh, You may have received a letter stating that uh, Anthem is no longer considered in-network for Mercy. Um, Just to let you all know, I will know 
oh, I will probably know the 29th of September moving into the AEP whether or not the come to an agreement with that. So uh, just to want to put some minds at ease right now, you are still fine. Um, if we need to make changes or if you need to make changes, reach out to your advisor. Um, but um, I know a lot of people are getting those those letters, and I just wanted to kind of head that off while we got a, you know, a platform here in the radio to at least uh, make you aware of those things. Cool. A lot of things coming down the lines, especially coming up in 2024, the annual election period, as Scott pointed out, starting there. Uh, beginning of uh, mid-October, so it's kind of the calm before the storm for him. Appreciate sure. you guys all taking time out of your busy schedules to to join the listeners and hopefully offer them a little insight. Let's go ahead and, and dive in here with uh, this article in the Wall Street Journal that said boomers are hooked on stocks and they can't let go. You know, even though baby boomers have seen their share of significant pullbacks, they still stick with the market. As more of those boomers are reaching their seventies, do you do you see a reason to wean them off the stock market or? Should it still be a big part of the typical retirement portfolio? Well, you know, when I was looking at this article before today's show, I was taking a look at what the Wall Street Journal put out there. And what it said is that nearly two-thirds of U.S. adults age 65 and older own equities through either individual stocks, mutual funds, retirement savings accounts. Uh, that's according to their April survey by Gallup. And what was also what jumped out to me is that shows, according to the Gallup poll, that that's more than any other age group. And I guess, Scott, you and I had talked about, you yeah. know, if I was a guessing man, I would have thought that uh, maybe the 45 to 55-year-old age group would have been the biggest group of, of owning stock. But, you know, when we look at it, I guess you look at the philosophy <clears throat> behind our firm and what we call the independent income system. And that's ultimately it's designed to have buckets of money that are for different time frames. And so usually the, you know, sooner somebody needs the money from the account, I generally would recommend less risky assets. And because stocks tend to be risky, uh, they tend to be good for longer term investments, you know, five or 10 or 15 years down the road. And, you know, when I look at the question, should a 70 year old be in the stock market? The answer is probably right. It probably serves a part of their portfolio that they want to have uh, growth associated with what their investments are. Um, some investors choose to live off of their dividends and interest, and you know maybe they own a basket of high-quality dividend-paying stocks uh, in companies that are financially sound. So they, you know, they or their firm has done some research into the financial position of the company, and if they can just live off of the dividends, then the day-to-day -day ups and downs of the stock market maybe doesn't have much of an impact as far as what their income needs are. At least for me personally, when I look at this stat and looking at somebody uh, you know, that's 70 or older, the concern that I have is if they have a portfolio that's more growth-oriented investments, so investments that the total return of the portfolio is more relying upon the market going up. You know, in that type of situation where they're selling off a portion of their investment teaching every month to get their paycheck, you know, they run the risk of the sequence of return risk, meaning in a declining market, they're going to be selling off more and more shares. And so if we experience a, a, a long extended downturn in a market or if we experience a sharp downturn in the market that takes a long time to recover, you know, that investor is probably the one of the ones that's at the biggest risk because of the downturn in the market and that sequence of return risk. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I um, love the independent income system, the model and the way you guys present that. A lot of times when I meet with clients, you know, they say, you, you know, I'm turning 65 here, you know, retirement. And, um, you know, I always 
talk to them about that and they want to know what should I do with my financial advisor. And one of the things I say is when you're a young investor, you know, 35 to 60, you can afford to be a little more aggressive there, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're 65 and moving in through retirement, you just don't have the number of years left if you were to have a significant downturn in your portfolio. That's why I love the independent income system. And maybe, you know, like you said, that number is really kind of shocking, you know, two thirds. Maybe it's because that generation grew up on stocks. Right. Jim Cramer, I was listening on the uh, CNBC the other day and he said, not uh, people don't talk about stocks like they used to anymore right you know he he would say when you're in the when you're on the subway used to be that someone would ask hey what are you buying or what are your picks these days and um you know younger people just for the most part maybe aren't interested in it or maybe have experienced some negative too many negative um markets recently yeah really uh, i guess maybe could even come down to as you get older you tend to be more patient in life and you know to be successful i think one of the characteristics is trying to be successful is being patient um not necessarily looking for the instant gratification that i think younger people tend to look for these yep. days where you know stocks tend to be a long-term investment so should you own stocks in your 70s the answer is probably it's probably part of your overall portfolio and where it fits in again make sure that you do have some money set aside in case there's a big downturn in the market and you're not in a situation where you're forced to sell off your investments at a temporary loss but does it need to be the entirety of your retirement plan probably not for the reasons that the guys just illustrated there you know if there was to be a significant market downturn essentially would a six percent increase as an extreme uh change your retirement plan in, in a calendar year would that make a big difference no probably not would a 20 percent drawdown make a big difference a little bit more so, I think. So having a right blend, have, having that, that blend of money tied to the market, but also something a little bit more uh, stable and secure uh, for the, the more immediate future in your retirement, that is where something like the independent income system comes into play. And you can find out more about that by giving a call, scheduling a time to speak with the guys, 419-794-3030. Or you can also go to the website as well, arhq.com. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are back together again in a movie called Air, now available on Amazon Prime. It's about how Nike took a huge risk back in 1984 and built a shoe line around a little-known NBA rookie. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. I'm willing to bet my career on Michael Jordan. Oh, come on, man. If you look at him, if you really look at Jordan like I did, you're going to see exactly what I see. Which is what? The most competitive guy I have ever seen. He is a f***ing killer. Now, of course, we all know how that worked out for them, but at the time, that was a gut feeling. Uh, guys, how much of your gut do you use when designing a retirement plan that can withstand you know, the risk of running out of money? Well, I know, Scott, you have some good advice on using your gut in life. But, you know, one of the things I also want to talk about is, for me personally, I try to do everything we possibly can to put the odds in our clients' favor mm -hmm. to try to make sure that they have the best probability to win and get the results that they want. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about at our economic summit. Those reservations are open and available now. It's October 11th. Uh, doors open at 6 p.m. It's at the Hilton Garden Inns in Perrysburg, Ohio. So we're going to be talking about some of the ways that we use technology to put the odds in the favor of our client. Uh, we're going to help answer the question, you know, with the market doing good this year, is it time to go all in? Uh, we'll talk about maybe strategies that allow you to hedge your bet, uh, strategies designed to help you avoid the risk of loss. 
you know, how to figure out what your win-loss ratio is. So, you know, when you're looking at how do you put the odds in your favor and not just use your gut, again, what I would encourage you to do is we're going to go through real-life examples of the tools and technology and the strategies available here at America's Retirement Headquarters at our Economic Summit. So if you haven't made your reservation to that, uh, just go online to ARHQ.com. You just click on the events tab and you can see uh, that event as well as some of the other Social Security Medicare events that we have coming up uh, in the future. But again, Scott, we were talking a little bit about this mm-hmm. and I was asking you, to, you know, what do you use your gut for? And uh, I'd love it if you shared what you shared with me on your feedback. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, I've been in this business a long time, you know, going on almost 30 years here. And, uh, you know, I used to sell home and auto insurance. And one of the things that I always would do is I would meet with young drivers, new drivers. Drivers, you know, you have your 16-year-old kid that gets his license and he comes on the plan. And, you know, they never listen to mom and dad, but they'll listen to somebody, you know, a professional or somebody sitting across the table. And one of the things I always ended my little spiel with is this is not just for driving, but this is a life lesson as well. You know, and I'm not trying to replace, you know, anything that your parents have told you, but here's what you want to think about. Ask yourself three questions. If you're about to do something, ask yourself these questions. One, if what I'm about to do is going to hurt someone else, if what I'm about to do is going to hurt myself, or if what I'm about to do will get me in trouble, then you probably shouldn't do it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's your gut telling you, man... I think I'm going to get in trouble for this. Maybe I shouldn't do it, you know? Well, how does that relate to, you know, investments, right? Well, if you decide at 62 years old, you retire, and you decide at that point, I'm going to play the odds, and I'm I'm just not going to sign up for a health insurance plan at that point, one, you could get yourself in trouble for that. You know, not legally or anything of that nature, but if you're not properly prepared, you could get in some financial trouble. Well, if you get in financial trouble, that's also going to impact your family. Okay. So it's going to hurt somebody else as well. You know, so those are things you always want to kind of take in and in, in be aware of. Another one would be long-term care. If I decide I don't want to buy long-term care, my gut's just telling me I don't want to do it. Well, you want to kind of look at the odds and play the odds and figure out, okay, if I don't sign up for this long-term care policy, what could possibly happen? Well, long-term care insurance is not covered. As everybody knows, I say it all the time, it's not covered by Medicare. Long-term care is going to run you anywhere from seven to 10000 a month, you know? That's a way that could really blow up your portfolio. So when it comes to using your gut and making a good gut call on things, ask yourself those three questions. And like I said, it doesn't just pertain to, you know, physically hurting yourself or getting in trouble with the law. It it, it could blow up your portfolio. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another one you would add to that would probably be if you wouldn't want to read about it in the newspaper, don't do it for sure. Um, you know, and I think there's a difference there between gut instinct and then emotion, maybe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I think sometimes the gut is the one you need to listen to. That's not necessarily your emotions. And so we try to separate that in financial planning from what you feel necessarily sometimes to like what Nolan was saying is that what is in your best interest logically. That's the problem, though. It's so hard for us to kind of separate the two because we often make decisions based on emotion instead you know we should sometimes be looking at it from a 
uh, a logical perspective. And so, you know, that that's important, Scott, and I, and I appreciate that a lot. And I would also add to that that, you know, we've talked about it oftentimes that financial planning is an art form. In fact, during that discovery phase of our financial planning session, I refer to it as kind of like painting a picture. And so uh, financial planning, one of the things I love most about it is that art form. And because there are, you know, certain things and certain rules and principles that have to be followed. But then there's also a great degree of creativity and personalization that goes into creating a financial plan that um, we use to try to make sure that the plan meets that person's individual circumstances. So, you know, one of the things that I think is a gut feeling, uh, longevity, you know, and, and, and sometimes also goal setting. So setting financial goals for our clients and for our, our, our uh, you know, clients setting goals for themselves really involves them understanding their values, their priorities in life. And then it, it involves us trying to articulate that and put that those deepest desires and try to envision that for them um, in their investment strategy. So that that does take a, a, a lot of uh, uh, basically understanding and, and a lot of self-awareness, essentially, that we try to reflect back to them. The other thing that I think is a big uh, art form is managing risks. So, you know, trying to balance that potential for reward with the potential for loss requires a lot of understanding, you know, and that's why it's helpful to sometimes have been through two or three down markets to know that, yeah, we've been in this movie before, the market's going to come back, and that's going to help us and our, help our clients ultimately make better financial decisions. And then I would also say, Tax planning. I think tax planning can be a significant art form, um, understanding some of the, the complex tax codes and then finding ways to minimize the tax liability, but still have to stay within the bounds of what's legal. You know, we don't want anybody to get in any trouble or um, avoid paying taxes. We can mitigate them, but you can't avoid taxes or you end up, you know, wearing orange and black. And that's not what we want. But it does require a significant amount of creativity, a lot of attention to detail, and then again, a deep understanding of some of the tax laws in the system. So it's about having a plan and it's about understanding that plan. Those people that have bad luck, oftentimes, you know, they jump into something that they don't understand. Uh, sometimes it's one of these get rich quick ideas and sure. they don't realize that, you know, it takes consistent ongoing planning, like what you refer to as it's artwork, really. But the beautiful thing about today is, again, there are so many different ways that you can, you know, take it from, you know, your luck, your gut, and really turn it into a skill to help you make sure that your retirement is on track. And we're going to be talking really in depth about putting the odds in your favor. Again, at our economic summits coming up October 11th, we'd love to have you come out. Um, in fact, whether you're a client or maybe this is a something you've listened to for years on the show or you're a first-time listener, come on out, uh, bring a guest, you know, somebody close to or in retirement time that's looking for how to put their odds in their favor. Uh, we've got a, a wonderful evening of uh, food and entertainment education lined up for you. We'd love to have you out there. Again, that event coming up October 11th. Uh, if you've got the time, they'd love to have you out there. You can go to ARHQ.com uh, to figure out how, how to go and reserve your seat for it. Or if you can't make it out there and you just want to get in front of the guys and discuss, you know, finding that balance, being able to separate your emotion from gut. Uh, it Honestly, it might be a little uh, easier said than done, but the team can help you out with that. You can go to the same website, ARHQ.com, or give a call, 419-794-3030. I ran across an article on a Morningstar's website in which one of their experts admitted to making some big financial mistakes. She included not setting up a Roth IRA as a tax strategy, not taking out a long-term care insurance policy when it was more affordable, 
and paying off a low-interest mortgage early rather than investing the money. Now, since you guys have helped hundreds of clients retire, can you tell us what are the top three retirement mistakes that you guys see? Well, that, you know, that, that article is absolutely spot on. You know, one of the things I see, and I see it every day, is not having long-term care coverage at all. You know, whether you take it out, uh, you know, early in life where the premiums are lower, or whether you take it out a little bit later in life, uh, if you have to use a long-term care facility for however long it may be, it is extremely costly. And the prices are going up, you know, every year, the the price for the long-term care stays are really, really um, um, going up. You know, you're looking anywhere from seven to ten thousand. You know, so you want to make sure that you you look at getting a long-term care coverage because that's a big retirement mistake. Another one that I see from the people that I meet with is a lot of people said, "Man, I wish I would have started planning for retirement earlier. I wish I would have started investing earlier." You know. Um, uh, you can't go back and, and do over. You know, I wish we did have that do over button, but you can't, you know. So that's another one that I see. And one of the real big ones that I run into is not doing an annual review of your health plan. You know, the past couple of weeks, I have been spending a lot, of, the majority of my time, I've been at insurance companies and they roll out what's called a first look. You know, so all of us advisors, we get to look and see what's coming for 2024 before it's ever released to the to the market. Yeah, you know, and when I look at what the top three retirement mistakes that, that I kind of run into, I, I would agree with you. You know, the, the issues of long-term care, not doing the annual review. Um, and, you know, I hear people all the time, I wish I would have met you 15 or 20 years ago. And what I would tell them is that, hey, we're here now. Sure. So let's look at how do we make the next 15 years your best years ever. But my top three would be, uh, number one, tax-deferred investments could be setting you up for a major mistake in the fact that tax rates could be significantly higher for folks uh, because of the unfunded liabilities that we have. And deferring taxes to later may not be your best option. Uh, number two is not starting to develop a plan when you're in your 50s. So sure. as you talk about, I'll have people that will come into the office and they'll you know, be uh, in a 401k. They've really never met with a financial professional before, and they come into the office because retirement is uh, 6 to 12 months down the road or maybe a month down the road, and they're like, Nolan, you know, we're retiring. Do we have enough? Does this, you know, how does this work? You know, a, a couple of changes just a little bit earlier could make a big difference in the long run. So, you know, for those of you that are saving, you're in your 50s, maybe not working with a financial professional, sit down, have a conversation. We'd love to talk and talk about how to take it up a notch, how to take your plan from good to great. And then the third one I'd say is not understanding uh, what you own and the methodology of your investments. I think going back to what we were talking about earlier is investors make emotional, painful decisions. And to me, it's a lot of times because they don't understand what they own. You know, if you own great quality companies that were financially sound, just because the price was down and out, it might help you change your opinion from, oh my gosh, I better get out before I lose it to, oh my gosh, what a great buying opportunity. I need to buy more of that company because it's trading at a great sale right now. Those are my three. Yeah. Chaz, what about you? I would add um, not considering the fact that retirement works in phases. So, you know, understanding that there's the go-go phase, there's the slow-go and the no-go, instead of just many retirees simply picking an age when they want to retire and then stop working and try to figure out how much they need to save. Another one kind of piggybacking on what you said, Nolan, is understanding the numbers. 
So one of the most difficult transitions when entering retirement is shifting from salary to fixed income. So you really need to know your numbers, and that's a big part of the success. With our combined 75 years of industry experience, the guys at America's Retirement Headquarters have seen uh, countless clients come through. And yes, they have seen a lot of uh, mistakes happen along, along the way. Let them use them as a cautionary tale and also to kind of help you prevent those mistakes by developing a properly structured plan. It all starts with that phone call, 419-794-3030. There's no time like the present uh, to get serious about your retirement. You can also go online and find out more about the upcoming events that they've got going on at ARHQ.com. Let's talk about another uh, sneaky tax here. Well, let's start with this. Death is awful. It's hard, and it is unavoidable. And, and I know you guys, I know the office, uh, you tried to do your best to make that process a little easier. Recently, one of the uh, subscribers on the YouTube channel, which you can get to by going to YouTube and typing in America's Retirement Headquarters, they asked about the widow's penalty, the widower's penalty for Social Security. Guys, what is this? Can you talk about what it is and, and, and exactly what that means? Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about taxes, talking about Social Security. Uh, this is one of our YouTube uh, comments that had come in, and we appreciate that, Missouri. Uh, we love your comments. Always reach out to us. And anytime you have a comment, want to ask us a question, uh, there's a, a lot of different ways that you can reach out to us to, to get your questions answered. And, you know, when you look at it, when one spouse passes away, the tax filing status the Social Security income tax limits change, and there's also a loss of income, all which impacts that surviving spouse. So in general, what happens is one person usually gets to keep the larger of the two Social Security benefits, but you know they're normally going to lose the other benefit. Um, number two, without the proper re-registration uh, in the get-go and the proper legal documents in place before something bad happens, the surviving spouse could end up in a situation where they're spending money on excess fees, cost, and really the, the process known as a probate process. Um, I, I had met somebody in the past who uh, was building their own business, and you know, for his business account, he just set up a, in, in his individual name, and his business was growing great. But when he passed away, you know, it was individually owned, and so that account becomes probatable. Uh, things like how the house is titled can be probatable, or if you have investment properties, these are easy ones that kind of catch people off guard and get them into that never-ending costly loop of probate. Number three is looking at the surviving spouse and now becoming a single tax buyer. So a joint couple with $80,000 worth of income, you know, could fall in the 12% tax bracket. Yet when one person passes away, if the income remains the same, the tax bracket jumps to 22%. Hmm. And, you know, I think the overwhelming majority of us would agree that when uh, somebody passes away, the lifestyle doesn't really change too much. I mean, you have the same house, you have uh, maybe one less vehicle, but you're still going to go out and do the majority of the spending and activities that you did um, beforehand. And so usually you can see another jump there. There's also the potential for more taxes on Social Security. So a individual who files a federal tax return as an individual with combined income between twenty-five dollars and $34,000, you can pay taxes up to 50% on your benefits and have 50% of them be taxable. More than 34000 and up to 85% of your benefits can be taxable. But a joint filer in this situation, you know, they have combined income between thirty-two dollars and $44,000. Uh, that's where the 50% 
taxable benefits come in, but more than 44,000, up to 85% of benefits uh, may be taxable. So again, you know, higher taxes could also be another problem uh, for somebody when you're looking at the taxation and how provisional income works with taxes. And then the fifth one that we see oftentimes is, you know, the potential loss of a pension income. So if you were blessed enough that you had worked at a company and uh, it's been maybe years since you had selected and filled out what benefit you wanted, you may not be aware of what that loss could be of that pension income. So to me, I would say bottom line is, you know, run the analysis and really have a plan in place. Uh, most people we talk to have some form of plan. It could be a simple plan. Maybe they get from logging into their employer or 401k that they have some tools. Uh, maybe they've rat- met with somebody that ran uh, a basic financial plan and showed them some probability of success. But, you know, what I think is that a lot of people have not looked at just that specific time frame that says, you know, when one person passes away, how is this going to impact the widower's penalty? And what are the steps that can be done now ahead of time to try to eliminate, address those and make sure that it's not as big of an impact. Uh, and, and certainly, I think working with an office like ours, I think you know one of my toughest jobs is getting a phone call of somebody that I developed a long relationship with, somebody that I consider part of our family, and, and hearing that you know somebody passed away. And the reality is, it isn't unavoidable. But you know what we can do is our office is put all of our team of resources available to help guide them through that process to make sure you know we're crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Uh, but this widow penalty is a good one to you know learn about now. If you haven't thought about, you know, I love my spouse and I want to make sure that I take all the steps now to minimize the impact of what could happen to them. Boy, you know, this is an eye opener for a lot of people. And I got to believe there's a lot of people out there like me that just don't think about this stuff. Life gets in the way, you know, you're busy doing things on a day to day basis and bam, all of a sudden something happens like this. Well, it's because they don't want you to. And just from the last segment, this is another example of a stealth tax. It's something, you know, that you wouldn't necessarily notice on a regular basis. Um, So, you you know, in addition to that, you've also got the issue with the tax deductions. You know, not only is a widower not able to file a joint return after the the spouse passes away, um, but after two years, they can no longer use the joint uh, deduction. So you lose some deductions, you know, and I think that's just one more example of why it's so important to come in and do a tax analysis for us and to look at trying to get your traditional IRA or a, a big portion of it into a Roth IRA. Because it, let's say, for instance, that happened. Now we're faced with uh, lower standard deductions. We can't file jointly. Um, you know, it's going to be helpful to have a lot of our income in a Roth IRA. And so according to a Forbes study, paying taxes now at a lower rate while your spouse is still living, when you can take advantage of those married filing jointly rates and deductions can significantly improve your tax situation and your retirement prospects because you've got tax-free income in the future. Um, and, you know, when the surviving spouse is likely going to be in a higher income bracket, as a single taxpayer. So it's a stealth tax. It's a good point. It's definitely something we can help you plan for ahead. But once it's hap- once it happens, you know, th- there's not a whole lot you can do. It's just the rule. It's one thing to know about these taxes and penalties that are going to happen down the line. Another thing to actually have a plan put in place. And, and just by 
knowing about it, you can be aware of it. When you come into the, the office to speak with the guys at America's Retirement Headquarters, you can start developing a plan around what is going to happen at that point. Uh, you know, uh, preparedness and be prepared. That's the Boy Scout motto, right? And so you, you want to go ahead and be prepared as well. They can help you through it. We understand it's not a easy topic to discuss, uh, you know, the loss of a loved one, uh, but it is a reality that so many of us face. And uh, being able to make these decisions, have that plan in place now is a lot easier than uh, having to to compound and with the loss of a loved one and to say, well, what do I do now? Have that conversation, 419-794-3030. You can also uh, schedule time, request a copy of the Ultimate Estate Planning Checklist or uh, inquire more about the, the tax roadmap by going to ARHQ.com. So how many times have you seen these headlines? If you're 60, here's how much you should save for retirement. The average 401k has this much. How do you stack up? Basically, questions that make us wonder how we're doing compared to everybody else. I have to imagine that people come into the office wanting to know these things. When clients ask you if they are on track, how do you answer them? Well, I think it is good. You know, there's a lot of those great topics. I think our show is a perfect example of putting out topics, talking about, you know, common themes like mistakes or ways to, you know, take advantage of opportunities or understand the market conditions. But it really comes down to somebody's, you know, own individual situation of, of kind of what their goals are. Um, I know that to me, I think if we look at the typical person that we work with, you know, somebody who saved up a couple hundred thousand dollars towards retirement time uh, has to figure out how to try to get the most amount of income from Social Security, might even be blessed to have a pension. You know, there's some some common things that they want to have to make sure that they know that they're on track. And, you know, it's our job, I think, to use the tools and resources to try to help answer that question, try to help them avoid any type of blind spots that they may be facing, um, you know, really try to be transparent about, you know, what is a realistic withdrawal rate in retirement time or say, hey, you know, you're you're spending too much right now. This is going to cost you in the long run if you continue that trend or you're taking uh, too much risk. You know, so when clients ask us, you know, are we on track? Uh, we have the ability to answer that. But I would also say that to me, not all retirement plans are, are built the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a difference, I think, on how plans get built, uh, whether it's our methodology, you know, our systems and approaches, and you know, how the retirement plan is built can ultimately be a big part of the long-term success of the plan. Yeah, I agree. It's it's probably the the biggest part of it. Obviously, as we've always I've always talked about wanting to make sure that I have a plan. You know, a flight plan going into um, taking a trip. You know, imagine not knowing the second or third leg of your trip. You know, going into a long term flight, and so it it really is the uh, the crux of the matter when it comes to making sure that you have enough money saved for retirement. You know, I'm just kind of thinking back to. Some of my classes that we took at Bowling Green State University for the CFP, and one of the biggest, most impactful classes or concepts that that I learned there as it pertains to financial planning was the retirement replacement ratio. And if you don't know what that is, that it, it's an easy calculation for um, a retiree to kind of do to figure out how much money they need saved for retirement as a general rule of thumb. Now, normally, I'm not a huge fan of general rules of thumb or kind of generic catch-all sort of principles. But, you know, there's something to, con- uh, to consider um, that you're not going to spend 100% of what you're spending now in retirement. You know, you, you're not going to be saving for your 401k. You're not paying your FICA taxes. And, and we go through a calculation, you know, your mortgage is going to be paid off. Um, your kids are going to be out of college, hopefully. And so cars are going to be paid off. And so 
I think sometimes clients think that they need, you know, for, for uh, lack of a better term, more than what they end up needing because they're, they just haven't taken the time to go ahead and calculate their retirement replacement ratio. You know, Chaz, we had an appointment, a joint appointment, and, um, you know, we asked him, you know, well, how much do you need a month to month to spend? And, and it was kind of funny because he gave the, us a salary. The, the wife like, says, well, 4,000. Right. And she said, well, you said, well, where did you come up with that number? Yeah. Well, that's what he brings home now. It right. was actually less than what he brings home now, but well, do you really need that? Mm-hmm. You know? So you went through that whole process and said, well, it's not necessarily replacing his salary, his bring mm-hmm. home, because you've got this, 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 that's not going to be taking place. Correct. It was great. That's exactly what you did with the client. It was great to sit there and listen to that. Yeah. So then if you just take that figure, you multiply that out by how many years you're expected to live, you know, that's a, a great estimate. Um, but then that's not taking into consideration the time value of money. You know, we have to have a conversation about inflation and how do we solve for that? And, and that can be a big uh, factor, Nolan, as you know, inflation is, is one of the major tools or one of the, the major threats to any financial plan. When we're looking at, you know, how retirement plans are not built the same and what is going to be the biggest impact on your situation, I go back to one of the technologies and, and on this one technology that we do, we look at the probability of success of somebody being able to reach their retirement goals. It'll run 2,000 or so different scenarios and it looks at what if health insurance costs goes up? What if inflation stays high? What if the market crashes right away? And it'll tell you how many in those trial runs, you know, do they make it to the end goal? And, you know, obviously our goal through portfolio optimization is to increase that number as much as possible and take it from, you know, what might be a 55 to a 90% success level. The tab that I love the best is it shows, you know, what the biggest disasters are to impact somebody. So it could show you that if Social Security drops 20%, like what they're going to talk about and what they've been talking about in 10 years, here's the impact that that has. And by knowing those things, it allows us to custom build individual situations and solutions for that family based upon what can be the biggest impact. So there can be general characteristics. It's good to read these articles or watch our videos and it gets you thinking. But then at the end of the day, it goes down to, you know, how do you apply it to your situation? And, and I would say knowing the numbers, you know, making sure that uh, you're not just using general rules of thumb. It's good to have a, a general idea as you're going into retirement planning, but go, kind of taking it back full circle, one of the biggest threats or failures that we see in financial planning is people just, you know, relying too much on the, the general rule of thumb, um, spitballing, if you will, not actually knowing their numbers, taking the time to sit down with an advisor, because it may actually be that they're concerned uh uh, unnecessarily, you know, just being uninformed, uh, kind of using the old "put your head in the in the sand" ostrich sort of example, and just assuming that you've done the right things and you're saving the right amount because you're putting in the three percent match in your four hundred one k. Maybe that's not enough. And knowing earlier gives us a ton of more runway to kind of land that ship comfortably uh, than it does if we're trying to you know figure it out on the fly. 
And really, I mean, to me, I think the first step really just comes about through education, mm -hmm. knowing where you're at today. We've got a, a couple of easy ways for you guys to get plugged in. Uh, again, go to ARHQ.com, click on the events tab. We've got our Social Security, our Medicare events coming up. We also have that economic summit where we're going to be talking about putting the odds in your favor and taking all of those steps to really kind of help you figure out in your retirement plans you know, what are the steps you should be taking now to build it out for your future? You know, knowing these rules of thumb, watching these videos, just by listening to the show, you're showing that you're taking your retirement seriously. And that is a great thing. But what you really want to do is figure out the plan that is going to work best for you. And here's a, a little spoiler there. It's probably going to differ drastically from your coworkers and, and your friends, your neighbors. Uh, it should probably be the same as your spouse, but that is a whole other situation, a whole other conversation. Having that plan customized for you starts with uh, taking that first step and giving a call to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030. You can also find out how to attend one of their upcoming educational events. Click on the events tab at ARHQ.com. But again, take that next step. We do appreciate you joining us, but take that next step and start putting that plan together for you. Do want to thank you, though. Really do appreciate you joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. Uh, guys, appreciate the time as always. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great uh, quote for this week. It's, don't think of retiring from the world, and to the world will be sorry that you retire. So have a great week, folks. We look forward to seeing you. Same time, same channel right here on Toledo's largest talk station, 1370 WSPD. And just remember, when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Headquarters. It's home of the retirement guys and America's Medicare Associates. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.